This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The rulers sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are the king of the Jewish, save yourself. Above him, there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jewish. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we receive corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I said to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is the final Sunday of the church's liturgical year. Next Sunday, we begin the new liturgical year with the celebration of the Advent season. The final Sunday of every liturgical year, Catholics all around the world celebrate the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. I encourage you to start your reflection with this week just with the title of this feast, because if you believe that, which I hope you do, I do, it is wild. If you believe that, you believe the ultimate truth that God offers this world. So I believe, and we're about to stand up and profess in public, that a man named Jesus, who was on this planet about 2,000 years ago, turned out to be the Christ, God's anointed one, the Messiah, the Savior that our Jewish ancestors were told for generations would somehow come to this fallen, sinful world to save us from everything that separates us from God, from love, from one another. If we are actually Christians, we make the huge statement that Jesus is our Lord, that we're his servants, that I am following his love. I'm getting myself and other people and things out of the center of my life. I declare he is my Lord and I am his servant. Jesus says that anyone who actually does that for real becomes part of the kingdom of God. This kingdom is the final stage of human history. It begins on this planet and it becomes complete, full in heaven eternally. So if Jesus is our Lord, if he is our king, he's the king of the universe. He's not just an inspiration. He is the eternal king of the universe. To me, when I spend time with these readings, I think the readings this year on this feast push us to be maximally realistic about who Jesus is. It's very easy to have some kind of personalized version of Jesus or watered-down version of Jesus or non-biblical version of Jesus or popular version of Jesus or whatever version of Jesus. 
Critically, if he is going to be my Lord, if, he, if I am trying to become part of his eternal kingdom, I need to know who is the real Jesus. The gospel passage we just heard from Luke 23, of all the passages that could be there, is about Jesus' crucifixion. We talk about this a lot here. That, I'm pointing to the crucifix, is the ultimate revelation of who Jesus really is. Selfless, humble, outpouring, sacrificial, giving, forgiving, merciful love for the very people who kill him. 2,000 years ago, and today, us in our sin. That's the real Jesus. That's the ultimate revelation of what salvation is. If he is my king, if I am supposed to be serving him, that is the one, that is the love that I'm supposed to be pursuing and I'm supposed to be imitating in this world today, in the choices that I make. This should not be taken for granted. From the beginning of his public ministry, until his crucifixion, Jesus offers himself to crowds of people, crowds and crowds of people. He never forces himself on anyone. In Jesus' public ministry, there's some number of people to whom he offers his real self that when they encounter the real Jesus, they do choose to follow him with all of their limitations, all of their sins. They do choose to accept the real Jesus and follow him. Many, many, many people in the scripture, huge crowds of people, encounter the real Jesus, and for a while they may be connected with him, but often because he doesn't meet their expectations of what a Messiah should be, often because he calls them to live love much more deeply than they want to, people choose not to accept Jesus. Fine, they're free. Some people, from the beginning of his public ministry until the end, reject Jesus. They don't just oppose him. They don't just say that's ridiculous. They persecute him. They ultimately kill him. So in the crowd, everybody has to make a choice. 2,000 years ago and today, am I really going to pursue the real Jesus? And when I encounter him, am I actually going to accept him? So look at that passage we just heard. In the passage, Luke says, actually, we didn't hear it in this reading, but we heard it on Palm Sunday. Luke goes out of his way to say that many women do choose to accept the real Jesus and be true to him when he's crucified. They mourn and they lament. They really accept the real Jesus to the end. In the passage we just heard, Luke says that, actually, again, we didn't hear it at Mass. Read the whole chapter when you go home today. Luke says that in the crowd... Most people, apparently, are just silent. They stand there and they watch. And my experience is that's pretty much the case with the crowd all through human history, observing and probably following. Some people in the crowd, in the passage we just heard, actually speak. The rulers, the soldiers, and one criminal. The people with earthly power, the people who are in charge and are presumably intimidating lots of people in the crowd, They speak, and a criminal. They all taunt Jesus. They jeer, they sneer, they they revile him. They're going in the most cruel way at Jesus. And what they say, and read the passage when you go home, effectively is, you are not God's chosen one. You are not the Christ. You are not the king. 
They say, if you're the savior, save yourself. The criminal says, save yourself and us. They mock Jesus. They have the real Jesus. They are actually in the presence of salvation being poured out, and they absolutely reject and kill the real Jesus. One person, other than those many women, in that scene, only one person accepts and pursues the true Jesus and is saved. So before I get to this, get to that, in Luke, to me it's very interesting that Luke emphasizes the crowd, all the time emphasizes the crowd, and Luke on several occasions tells us that there are people whom Jesus says they're saved in the midst of crowds. So not my opinion, not your reading of the scripture, Jesus in the scripture says to these people, you're saved. There's a woman in Luke 7 who is, I believe, a formerly grave sinner, whom I believe has already received God's forgiveness. She comes to Jesus in a crowd of religious leaders, and she pours out herself in the most loving, humble, giving way in joy with Jesus. One of the the Pharisee who's hosting the crowd is scandalized because he doesn't think Jesus should let her touch him. She pushes through that crowd, and he says to her, your faith has saved you. There's a woman in Luke 8, I bet you remember her, woman who's had 12 years of hemorrhages. She is uncured. She's lost all of her money to doctors, and there's no cure. She pushes through a crowd to get to the real Jesus, just hoping that she can touch his garment and maybe be healed. She's afraid of his reaction when she does that, but she pushes through the crowd, she pushes through her fear to the real Jesus, and he says, your faith has saved you. There is a man in the same chapter of Luke, a guy named Jairus, who's a synagogue official. His daughter is dying. He's desperate. He goes to Jesus and begs him to come to his home to heal his daughter. There's an interruption, actually, by the woman with the hemorrhage, People come from his home and say, your daughter has died. Don't bother Jesus. Jesus says to him, just have faith. She will be saved. And he does it. He pushes through the crowd. He pushes through his confusion. He even pushes through logic. She's dead. He pursues the real Jesus, and she is saved. There is, we heard this a few weeks ago, in Luke 17, there's a crowd of 10 lepers all of whom are miraculously healed by Jesus. Nine of them move to just go off with their lives. One of them pushes through the crowd of thankless healed lepers. He goes back to Jesus, and he gives his entire self to Jesus in thanksgiving. And Jesus says, your faith has saved you. Finally, there is a man in Luke 18, a blind beggar in a crowd who cries out to Jesus, have pity on me, and the crowd tells him to shut up, to be silent. He pushes through the crowd, he pushes through the rejection, he pushes through what they're telling him not to do, and he cries out to Jesus and asks to see. Jesus miraculously heals him, and he says, your faith has saved you. So all of that build up to Luke 23. In Luke 23, One person, a criminal, pursues the real Jesus 
in the midst of his being crucified himself. The one criminal speaks up. He says to the other criminal who is reviling Jesus that he's wrong. He's thereby saying to these rulers that they're wrong. He says that Jesus is innocent. He declares that he is, in fact, sinful. And he says to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That means he somehow accepts that Jesus is a king. He asks Jesus, just for mercy, remember me. And Jesus says to him, today you will be with me in paradise. That man is saved. He pursues the real Jesus. He pushes through the crowd. And Jesus says, you are saved. So think about those people. A woman who is a forgiven, notorious sinner, whom people still think is sinful when she's not. A woman who has suffered physically and in every other way from illness. A person whose daughter is dying, who's desperate. A person who's been healed and has absolutely nothing to his name. A person who is a blind beggar whom people say, shut up, and a criminal. Those people pursue the real Jesus. They push through the crowd, and Jesus tells them in a variety of ways, you are saved. I know a lot of people around here like that who really fit those descriptions, who are pushing to get to the real Jesus, who are not being intimidated by the rulers and the soldiers, the people in this country who want you to get nowhere near the real Jesus, the criminals who seem to increasingly run this place, who are pushing to get to the real Jesus and live his love. If that is you, rejoice, because he is, in fact, the king of the universe. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.